preaching at all. So here we are. Merry Christmas. Um, I'm excited. Luke chapter number two. Luke chapter, there's nowhere really else to go, I feel like, the week before Christmas other than Luke two. So we're going there. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Let's go. Luke two. Merry Christmas. I just love Christmas. I don't know. I just love Christmas. I like seeing everybody in their red. I, I'm wearing like some drabby, I have a Christmas shirt on underneath, but I'm wearing pretty dark color. I don't know why I wasn't in the spirit this morning as I was getting ready in the pitch dark, but um, here we are. Let's get it. Let's get it. Okay, Luke 2, um, three and a half, three months ago, I will say this, in the three, and a, three years I've been here, Pastor Jake has never missed anything So uh, for being sick. So this is uh, pretty wild that he's this sick. Y'all pray for him as well, but um, three months ago, I had a daughter, a baby. I love Christmas. I love the, the celebration of Jesus as a baby. I, I love babies. Um, I have a baby, like I said. She's three months old. She's adorable, very cute. Um, I hope I hope I would say that even if she wasn't. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a pretty honest guy. I'm a pretty honest guy. So if she was not, I don't, I don't know if I could lie, but she is very, very cute. Um, I love her. I, 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 I'm telling you, I cannot get over just the crazy. It's been three months now, over three months, um, almost four here in a couple weeks, and I just cannot get over the insanity that is um, like childbirth. Like, I don't care, just having a baby. It's crazy. Like you're one day, you, you're, you don't have a baby, and then the next day, you have a baby. That's like one of the, it sounds so silly, but like as a, as a it's just crazy. It's like in the stomach, a few hours later, in your arms. Like, that's just a crazy, crazy thing to me. I can't get over it. I'm telling you. Maybe it's been a long time. Maybe you've never had kids. Maybe it's been a long time since you've had kids. Maybe this goes away. Maybe one day I'll be like, oh, no, it makes, it's all normal and cool. I don't know. I'm not there yet. I'll just be honest. It's still insane to me. Um, you just literally go in and just have a baby. So three months ago, we went in and we had a baby, and now we have a baby, and she, like, is a person. She's a human being. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. And now I get to read this story and I get to hear the birth of Jesus. I, I, I've always loved Christmas. I've always been a big Christmas guy. Christmas in my family was always a big deal. I never lived in cold weather until North Carolina. I always lived in Texas and Florida. Um, I think it's like 80 right now in Florida. Um, so it's always been hard to get into the Christmas spirit per se because, no, it's, you're sweating. We would go swimming on Christmas. Um, but I just always have loved Christmas. always loved the idea of baby Jesus, like this precious, pure, the Lamb of God, right? We sang that song a couple years ago in the guitar, still the Lamb of God. And I love that song. I love the idea of just a baby Jesus. I love, I love my, I just love babies. I love everything about this kind of year. And um, as I was kind of figuring out what to talk about today, I, I obviously I want to talk about something, you know, to deal with the Christmas story. And Luke 2 is really just a place to go for that. And um, I, I started talking and started thinking about Harlow. I started thinking about, obviously, I'm not going to sit up here and be like, you know, these are the three things that my baby has taught me about Jesus. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not there yet. However, I will say that out of all these things, out of all out of these past three and a half months of having a child, uh, going from, you know, a married couple with uh, just two dogs to all of a sudden having a human being that we're taking care of, I will say this. Having a baby changes things. Can we agree? There's nothing, there's nothing, I, I think it's probably the most dramatic change that a person can experience that doesn't happen to them necessarily, right? If you obviously, if you like lost a leg, that's a pretty dramatic change, but like having a baby is the, uh, it's just, your world is forever different, forever different, in a good way, in a good way. I'm a, I'm a pro-baby, I'm pro-children. I felt like when I was getting ready to have a kid, I was like, get ready, you know, 
your life's over. I don't feel like that. I'm positive. I like having kids. I'm, I'm positive. Uh, babies are great. And I, I, after leaving the hospital, you get home. Our moms were there. Uh, my mom and Sammy's mom were there for the first couple of weeks. And then they leave, and it's just like, okay, this is like, this is 24-7. You know, this is real life. This is your child. This is your baby. And your life will never, ever be the same. Babies change things. Babies change things. 2,000 years ago, a baby came. And this baby really changed some things. Really changed some things. Let's read the text and uh, we'll get right into it. And it came to pass in those days that there went our decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. This taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch of their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling, swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly was, there was with them the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known about the sayings which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them, pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for the things that they had heard and seen as it was told. And let's pray, and uh, we will jump into it. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Um, thank you for being a faithful God. Um, 2,000 years ago, you sent your son, and now we get to worship and, thank, and remember and praise that moment um, every year around this time of year. Lord, help us as Christians to do that uh, as we celebrate Christmas, Lord, with our families, maybe even lost friends, family, the people we're around, Lord, help us to remember that all this is just because, not because of just this time of year, Lord, it's because of your son that you sent, not just to have a baby, not just to have a virgin birth, not just to do another miracle, but in order to pay for our sins and to die on the cross uh, years later, Lord. And thank you for that. Help us to remember that as we, get, as we go about this year, Lord. We love you. In your name we pray, amen. As I look through this Christmas story, I see a moment of change that changed a lot of people's lives then and changes a lot of people's lives now. And uh, it, there's nothing like, I, like I said, there's nothing like a baby. There's nothing like, it just gives joy. I, I, when I, when you first, like, when I, f I remember the first time I really had like a realization of like, you know, I have to, you know, like, oh crap, like I have to like pay for this girl's college maybe or like I uh, have to like pay for this wedding. And I was like, man, there's going to be a lot of things that I'm going to have to like give this baby, and you start thinking about, okay, well, when does she start, because right now, you know, she's, she's uh, uh, breastfeeding and whatnot, so it's like, I don't, we're not buying food, so it's like, okay, when do I have to start buying food, you know, I'm trying to, like, budget, start thinking this thing, so they're like, when, when does all that start happening, and I start getting wrapped up with, oh, man, I have to give her this, I have to provide this, I have to give this, give this, give this, and then I, you just kind of realize that the things that Harlow has given me, my, her name is Harlow, the things that Harlow has given me far outweigh the things I'll, I'll ever have to give her. 
that when you have a baby, especially your own, a daughter, a, a really bad mic walk, forever change everything about you. And uh, I, I, when Jesus came, he brought certain things. He gave certain things. Now, he, uh, years later, he would give his life. He would give everything for you and me. But right now, we're going to look through this chapter. We're going to look through this story and just look at a few things that Jesus gave, a few things that Jesus brought with him, a few things that when Jesus came on the scene, everything was different. Everything was different, not just in a small way, not just in a temporary way, but in an eternal, forever way, Jesus changed the world, changed the world. And he changed it, he changed it in a lot of ways, but first, Jesus brought joy. He brought joy. The verse number 10 says, the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. I think uh, I always ask this time of year when I'm in, you know, my young adult class or, or teenage class, whatever it is, I'm like, you know, what do you like about Christmas? What do you like about Christmas? I think the number one thing that we like about Christmas is just the spirit that surrounds Christmas. There's just something about a happiness. It's hard, it's hard to be sad. Uh, it's hard to be sad at Christmas. There's something about just the spirit, the joy of Christmas. And there's something about the spirit, the joy of Jesus. And I think as people, I think it's very natural to pursue joy, to pursue happiness, right? No one wants to be sad. If I were to raise your hand and be like, well, would you want to be sad? I think no one would say, yes, I want to be sad. No, we said we want to be happy. We want to have joy. We want to, of course we want to have joy. We want the people around us to be joy. We want the people around us to be happy. So a lot of times, a lot of our decisions, a lot of our life decisions, a lot of our small decisions, a lot of our daily decisions are based around the fact of will this bring me joy or will this not bring me joy? Will this make me happy or will this not make me happy? If something makes you repeatedly sad, you're probably going to stop doing that, correct? You're not going to keep Keep doing things that make you sad. In fact, if something makes you happy, you're probably going to return to that and keep doing that. It's very natural. It's very human nature to do things that make us happy, to pursue things that bring us joy. I think most of the decisions, like I said, are based on whether it brings us joy, whether it brings us happiness. In fact, I think we spend all of our lives pursuing just that, pursuing just that. A lot of reasons, a lot of times, a lot of a lot of times, even as Christians. We can wake up one day and realize that all we have pursued is things that bring us happiness and joy. Now, is that always a bad thing? No. Jesus brings me joy, so we pursue Jesus, right? But a lot of times, the things that are even good things are things that we pursue, things that we seek after, and things that we spend our entire lives pursuing simply because it brings us temporary or a moment of joy. Now, not a bad thing, right? I don't think I would sell you, I, I, I've heard preaching, I've grown up, uh, my dad was a great preacher, but I've heard preaching, I've heard things people say, I, 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 think, I think when, when preachers say that the joy in the world is all temporary, it's all shallow, it's all fake, I don't think that's 100% true, I think there are people who are not saved, who are happy, who have joy, I don't think that's, I think if I, if I, think if I told you that, I think if you're logical, if you're reasoning, if you, it's easy to find people who are happy who do not know Jesus, however, as Christians, there is no joy greater than the joy of Jesus. And anything other than that is simply not true. What does the Bible say? It says it is a great joy. This joy of Jesus is different. It's specific. The first thing, Jesus' joy is great. It's not a cheap joy. There's a lot of cheap joys. There's a lot of temporary joys. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things that come and go in the world. There's a lot of things that come and pass. However, Jesus' joy, joy is eternal. It isn't cheap. When I first, uh, when I first got married, um, this is what... I went from living in a dorm, like a college life, to I was living with my parents, obviously, growing up. Then I went to college, lived in dorm, and then I immediately got married and moved into a house. 
And I will say one of the biggest things that surprised me about like adult life, real life, is how hard it is to grocery shop. Grocery shop. It's, it's a trick. And you say, especially when you're on a budget, it's one thing to just go to the grocery store and just, like, grab a bunch of stuff and, like, make food or whatever. But if you're, like, trying to, like, plan meals out and be on a budget, that's tough. I, I give it up. That's, like, to, like, not have food throw away. Like I, when we first, like, got married, we were throwing away so much food because we just forgot about it. And we would go and buy food and spend way too much money. And we're like, okay, we got to learn how to, like, grocery shop and, like, meal plan and all this stuff. And one of the things I learned while grocery shopping and Pastor Stewart is, he, I went grocery shopping with him one time, and Pastor Stewart, if you guys, he, he's no longer here. No, I'm just kidding. he's in Texas, but um, <laughs> Pastor Stewart, if you, go to, if you go shopping with Pastor Stewart and you go to Walmart, this man gets great value brand everything, everything. Now, Stewart, he was not broke and destitute. He just, he's strict, he's tight, great value brand everything. I was not like that. Okay, my family is not like that. We like quality. We like good stuff. So, I'm, I'm just—I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not just being real. So, but once money gets a little tight, you know what I'm saying? You start going in there. You see some great. Oh, two dollars less. Same thing. So you grab a little great value, and you go and you get a little of this, and then you stop. You maybe you start shopping at this different store, and and I realize after I man, I just save. You know, I go. I see all the savings. Right? Oh, I save so much money. That's great. That's great. Save the money. But when you go to cook that food, it does taste a little different. And if you're like, no, it doesn't. It does. <laughs> Trust me, it does. It gets a little stale a little quicker, a little bland. I don't know. It's just, here's the thing. Cheap things, cheap things are cheap for a reason. Cheap things are cheap for a reason. Here's the thing. No one's giving out free money. Whether it's at the grocery store, whether it's in the world, whether it's in life, Things that are cheap, things that are cost very little, things that are quick, things that are easy, they're that for a reason. They're that for a reason. Jesus' joy, the joy that it comes when you, not just, we say Jesus' joy, like it's just like, oh, you get saved, just happy. No, when you're pursuing Jesus and you get to experience his joy, it is the opposite of cheap. It is the opposite of quick. It's the opposite of bland. It's the opposite of great value. This is the good stuff. But you have to pay for that. And you pay for that by pursuing Jesus. But it's a great joy. And here's the thing. When something costs something, it's usually worth it. It's usually worth it. Now, obviously, you can get ripped off. I'm not talking about all that. I'm saying, but quality costs for a reason. Quality costs for a reason. So pursue quality. Pursue quality. Don't spend your life, even as a Christian. This is a, this is a Sunday morning. Even as a Christian, don't, pers- don't spend your life pursuing the cheap things of the world, even the good things, even the things that may matter. That's great, but they're not Jesus. They're not Jesus. He brought a great joy. The the Bible also says, the angel says, this was a joy to all people. This was a joy to all people. If you research on the shepherds, and I think we've talked about this before, I'm sure you you know this, but the shepherds were not just like farmers. These were shepherds who were, these were outcasts. These were the lowest level of society. These were people who were not allowed in the city, basically, because they were thieves. Shepherds were known to thieve, to rob, to pillage. So it basically made them live outside the city with their cattle. Shepherds were the lowest of the low, and yet Jesus brought the joy to them first. This was a joy to all people. This was a joy at any time to everyone. Let me say it like this. This was a non-circumstantial joy. Non-circumstantial. It didn't matter their status. It didn't matter where they came from. It didn't matter how much they made. Nothing mattered except that Jesus loved them and he brought them joy. Jesus' joy is not based on any circumstances of yours. 
And a lot of times our joy is very, 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 very based on the circumstances around us. And when those circumstances change, when those things change, when those things, when we don't get our way, I, I tell the teenagers all the time, I think one of our biggest issues, one of, the, one of the things that brings us the most joy and the things that brings us the most sadness is when we do get our way or when we don't get our way. We just, we really, really want to get our way. That's just life as humans. We especially, if that doesn't go away when you're a kid, that may increase as an adult. We just really want to get our way. And when the circumstances change in a way that we don't want it, our joy leaves quicker than anything else. See, Jesus' joy is not based on your circumstances. The joy that Jesus gives when you're, when you're pursuing him, when you know him, when you have a relationship with him, it's non-circumstantial. It's eternal, forever, at all times. At all times, even when bad circumstances arise, even when things don't go well, even when you're an outcast like the shepherds, it doesn't matter. So first, Jesus brought joy. When Jesus came, the world had joy like it never knew before. Secondly, it had peace. Luke 2.14 says, glory to God in the highest. Jesus brought peace. And on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Now, when I first read this, okay, peace. Like, yeah, peace. Like, there wasn't like... It, Everybody was fighting, and then Jesus came, and they just stopped fighting. Okay, what does that mean to have peace? What is, that, what is that talking about? I think when I studied this out, when I read it a little bit more, when I kind of put some thought behind it, I think in order to have peace, there must be war, right? If you want to have peace, there must be war. So what's the war? Well, the war is between sin and, sin and, sin and salvation, flesh and spirit. Okay, so in order to have war, in order to have peace, was it a truce? Did Jesus say, when Jesus came, did he say, hey, devil, you stay over there. I'll do over here. We'll kind of do our thing. No, no, no. In order to have peace, there must be war and there must be victory. Jesus brought victory. Victory. It wasn't just a truce. It wasn't defeat. It certainly wasn't defeat. It was victory. Because of his birth and eventual death years later, we have victory. He gave us, first of all, he gave us victory over death. He gave us victory over death because of Jesus, because of this birth, because of this season. And don't forget it as you see the Christmas trees, as you go see the lights, as you open the presents with your kids, your grandkids. Don't forget that because of this season, because of this birth, because of this death years later, you have victory over death. Our death does not mean the end of our life. It's so, I mean, I, we were at a funeral for, for, uh, for Melvin this week, Melvin Fulbright, a, a member of the church for a very, very long time. He's a little kid, years and years and years. We were at his funeral on Thursday. Uh, on Friday morning, he sat up here in a casket. This was not the end of Melvin's life. This was the beginning. We don't have death. We have defeated death. Thankfully, Jesus defeated death, and he let us in on it. We have defeated death, and now death no longer means the same thing to us. Death is simply an entrance into eternity because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. He defeated death. He defeated death. Secondly, not only did he gave us victory over death, he gave us victory over sin. He gives victory over sin. We are no longer bound by the chains of sin. I preached on this years ago. It says, I know you guys all remember, and that means a lot to you. Therefore is, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. This is Romans 8, 1 through 5. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. You hear that? Free from the law of sin and death. Not held, not bound. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son, the birth of Jesus, and the likeness of sin sinful flesh and for sin condemns sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit we are not controlled by our sin you are not bound by your sin you are not subject to your sin because of Jesus and Jesus alone now there is victory in other things you can if you have an addiction if you have an addiction the world will give you 
the world may give you victory. Rehab works for some people. Those things work. If you, have a, if you have an issue with this, therapy may work for you. There's lots of victories out in the world, but I promise you, it's the same thing. It's the same thing when it comes to joy. I'm pro- you may be able to find joy in your own way. You may be able to find victory of whatever it is in your own way. However, the victory that Jesus brings is greater than that victory. It's greater. It's better. It's eternal. It's not circumstantial. It's not based on you. It's based on him. All the other victories based on what you can do to change. Everything else, this victory is based on what he did for you. And that's what, me, what, me, what makes it mean more. He gave us victory over death. He gave us victory over sin. And he gave, this is kind of silly, but he gave us victory over defeat. He gave us victory over defeat. My dad used to say this. Any question you have, any struggle you have, I will give you a Bible solution to it. And that's a fact. Any issue in your life, any problem you have, any question you have, Jesus has an answer. Any battle you face, whether it be doubt, whether it be fear, whether it be whatever it is, you fill in the blank. I could name a hundred, but you know yourself better than I do. Whatever you struggle with, the answer is found in Jesus. In Jesus. He gave you victory over defeat. You no longer have to suffer defeat because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Not because of you, because of Jesus. He gave us victory over defeat. He gave us victory over death, sin, and defeat. And he gave us that peace. So Jesus brought peace, right? Jesus brought joy. Thirdly, Jesus gave us the presence of a Savior. He brought a Savior. Luke 2.11 says this, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. If you want to go to Matthew, another port of the Christmas story is mentioned there as well. In Matthew 1, it says, And she shall, this is the angel speaking to Joseph, Talking about Jesus, and it says, And he shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save the people from their sins. Jesus brought salvation. He brought a Savior. He brought his presence. After the death, of course, if we, we studied, Pastor Jake has mentioned this the past couple of weeks as he's gone through Luke. This is still technically Old Testament times when it comes to the law, when it comes to sacrifice. It's, even after the birth of Jesus, if you re- keep reading Luke 2, one of the first things they go do is offer sacrifice, right? This is still, they're very still law controlled. They don't have, they're not communing with Jesus. They can speak to Jesus, but God hasn't spoken to them in 500 years. Maybe there was a prophet before that that kind of spoke to them. But when Jesus came on the scene, it was no longer you reading a book, you making your sacrifices, the priest telling you what to do. No, no, no. It was you being a part, you getting to walk, you getting to commune with the Savior, with Jesus, the Creator. And then, of course, we have Jesus for the next 33 years. He goes up, and then what comes down? The Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost, indwells us as believers. Now we get to walk with, have communion with, and be a part of the Savior. The Savior. He brought the presence of the Savior. Before Jesus could not speak to God in this way. And the truth of the matter is we have the ability, we have the opportunity to commune with the creator of everything. The creator of everything. Who created you, who loved you, you have the opportunity to speak with him and to walk with him. I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate missed opportunities. I hate missed opportunities. I hate when I'm, okay, uh, Eric, sad story. I got a sad story, guys. I'm not a hunter. I'm not a hunter. But I've been messing around with it, okay? I've been messing around with it. I gotta, I, I, I've been in a stand this week. But I kinda, I'm a big, like, second guesser. 
Okay, if I'm like looking at a deer, I'm like, I don't want to accidentally kill like a baby and then like take a picture of it and everybody get like make fun of me. Okay, I'm just being real. I don't want to do that. I want to kill like a monster. But to be honest, I haven't been around a lot of deer. I don't know what a monster is. So I'm out there. I'm out there. Uh, when was this, Eric? This was Thursday. He, he's my boss. He tells me what to do um, when it comes to hunting. He gives me tips. And uh, I'm texting him, like, hey, man, I don't know. I don't know if this thing's big or not. I swear, I looked at this thing. There was about 12 of them right there. I had this thing in my sights for 15 minutes. I just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. I don't know why. I don't know why if it was because I thought it was too small. I don't know if it was too big. I don't know. But then eventually, like, a dog started barking. I was hunting in my backyard. No, I was fine. Um, a dog started barking. The deer ran away. And then I sat there for, like, another hour and a half, did not see another deer. And I just sat there and thought, about my missed opportunity. Dude, I had this thing in the sights. Uh, it was just, a, I don't know what it was, but it was right there. There was several of them. I had a pick of the litter, and I just couldn't do it. I missed the opportunity. So you know what? I sat there for an hour and a half thinking about it. Went home thinking about it. Pastor Jake texted me making fun of me, thinking about it. <laughs> now I'm sitting up here. This is not in my notes. Still thinking about it. Because it was a missed opportunity. And that stinks. It's one thing to never, to never get in the stand, never, you know, never get the gear on, never buy the bull, never do all the things. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I don't, you don't feel bad about it because you never did the steps. It does stink when you do all the steps when you're there, you have it in the, and then you just can't do it. You miss the opportunity. You miss the opportunity. It's sad. It's sad. Here's the thing. We are all given the opportunity to walk with, to talk with, to, to hear from, to talk to the God of creation, the one that loved us enough to send his son, the one that loved us enough for his son to die on the cross, to pay for our sins, to buy us, to purchase us. And we still, we miss our opportunity so often and we refuse. We don't, we, don't, we refuse, we, we, we give up excuses, we're busy, whatever it is. We don't walk with God simply and we're missing an opportunity to walk with God daily. Daily, you have the opportunity every day, every moment of every day, you have the opportunity to walk with God. And yet, day after day, so many of us just let those opportunities go by. It's sad. It'd be one thing if God didn't give us that opportunity, right? It'd be one thing if Jesus didn't come down. It'd be one thing if he didn't indwell us with the Holy Spirit. It'd be one, yeah, okay, well, that makes sense. You know, we don't have, you don't have the opportunity. You have the opportunity. Are you taking advantage? Are you taking advantage? So, Christmas season, we're wrapping up. Jesus brought joy. He gave us peace. He gave us the presence of a Savior. So we hear sermons like this, right? We hear sermons like this, and we're like, yeah, joy, peace. My dad used to say every time he would, I'm just like quoting my dad a lot today, but he said, used to say, um, joy, peace, happiness. Every time he would leave, he'd say, joy, peace, happiness to everyone. I don't know why. It's just, it's just one of his things. And uh, it's great, right? Joy, peace. You know, we hear a sermon like this on Sunday morning. Joy, peace. You know, I want to have joy. I want to have peace. Well, here's the thing. This is not just like fun words to say or like songs to sing, joy to the world. Here's the thing. Do you have joy? Do you have peace? Do you truly have peace? Do you truly have joy? Are you truly in the presence of the Savior? When I hear these, when I hear like the Christmas story, if you like, if you listen to like the, if you read like anything about the season of the Advent, which is kind of the coming of Christ, all these phrases are all very, very reminiscent of Galatians 5. Galatians 5. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. Galatians 5 and uh, verse number 16. It says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye do 
Be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such of the, uh, and such like of the, the which I tell you before, as I have told you in this time past, that they do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now listen to this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, right? What did we just talk about? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. These things are not just things that we can talk about, not just things that we can, that we can sing about. These are things that we can experience. But just because you have salvation, just because you have Jesus, does not mean that you have the fruit of the Spirit. We want the fruit of the Spirit, right? We want the love. We want joy. We want peace. We want the joy that we sing about, joy to the world. We want the peace, the Prince of Peace. Yeah, 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 Prince of Peace. Do we have those things? Well, I want to ask you, if you do not have those things, you are not walking in the Spirit. Because the Bible says, walk ye in the Spirit, and you will bear the fruit of the Spirit. It's not a you may, sometimes you will. No, no, no. You will bear the fruit of of the Spirit. So how do you walk in the Spirit? You want love, joy, peace? Walk in the Spirit. How do you walk in the Spirit? Commune with God. Hear from God. How do you hear from God? Read your Bible. Are you reading your Bible? If you do not have a relationship with the Word of God, you do not have a relationship with God. If I were to come by and ask you, do you have a relationship with God? You probably, most, hopefully all of you say, yeah, I have a relationship with Jesus. Well, when's the last time you heard from Him? If you don't have a relationship with the Word of God, you do not have a relationship with God. Are you hearing from God? Does God hear from you? Are you walking in the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, that's all great things. I hope we have it. I hope your Christmas is full of love, joy, peace. I hope it's full of all of it. But it doesn't just have to be Christmas season. It doesn't have to be Sunday morning. Every single day you can experience the love and the joy and the peace of Jesus. All you have to do is walk in the Spirit by hearing from God, talking to God, letting him talk to you and walking in the Spirit. You want to be done with sin? You want to put those sins away like the Bible just said? Walk in the Spirit. I want you to have love. I want you to have joy. I want you to have peace. I want myself to have those things. It's not going to come on accident. It's not going to, maybe we'll get a little bit when we sing some songs. Maybe we'll get a little bit of spirituality when we, when we get hyped up. Maybe, maybe all those things, whatever, whatever does it for you. But I want it every moment of every day. And the only way to do that is to walk with Jesus. Walk in the Spirit having a relationship with Him, have a relationship with His Word. And these things can be yours. It doesn't just have to be a fun Christmas sermon. It can be something that you receive every single day. Walk in the Spirit. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. We'll stand. Matt's going to sing. If you, if you have these, if you want these things, maybe, you, maybe you've lived a Christian life and you don't have joy. Maybe you don't have peace. Maybe you just want someone to pray with you. Maybe you're burdened for someone else. Come pray. Come make an altar out of up here. Make an altar out of your seat. Whatever needs to be done. Life does not have to be lived unhappy as a Christian. You, don't, you can have peace. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, Matt.